Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Thursday, June 2nd edition of the Basement Academy. Let's spend a few minutes in the gymnasium of the soul together. Uh, let's begin with Psalm 62. This is for the director of music, Psalm of David. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down, this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your hearts on them. One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. Amen. In talking about rich and poor from James, <clears throat> the psalmist reminds us that the low-born are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. There, there's no difference in the human family. Uh, we might perceive there to be differences, uh, but at core, we're all the same people. And so the wise person understands that and uh, lives accordingly. So Lord, hear our prayer for one another and for our neighbors. Okay, um, going to wrap up. Well, I guess we'll probably get to tomorrow, but wrap up this opening section in chapter two. But I wanted to go back a little bit to yesterday where I was talking about the perceptive abilities that God has endowed us with. We're made in the image of God. We're given these capacities, these faculties, the ability to reason, to, to uh, discern the world. We can see, we can hear, we can touch, uh, we can communicate. But these, these reasoning, rational faculties, we size up the world. We size up people. We see them. And we draw conclusions based on their appearance, based on their language, uh, based on their neighborhoods, based on their occupation. Any number of factors come into play, but we just do this almost as second nature, right? And we tend to tribe with those who are like us, you know, either in our views or in dress, etc. We see this in youth culture, uh, certainly in, in, in great measure. And I said, these perceptive abilities are given that we might love the neighbor. Okay, that's the royal law. 
if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, quote, love your neighbor as yourself, that's uh, Leviticus 19, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. And so we're given the faculties that we might love the neighbor, that we might see the neighbor, discern some need or some situation where we can move towards that person in a manner in which we, uh, we, we act for their welfare, for their benefit. That's love is active, right? It's seeking the good of another, taking of yourself and, and serving uh, the good of another or a, a community. Every time we talk about this, every time over the years, many years of ministry, I've talked about this, you know, and, and kind of a don't judge, right? So, so we're, we're given perceptive abilities not to judge, but to love. Always, always, always somebody says, yeah, but we have to judge. We have to make judgments. Because if we see that they're doing wrong, we need to stand against that. We need to, you know, say something, do something, etc. Okay. So there's always a yeah, but that sits behind the prohibition around judgment. Okay. It's just, I'm just saying in my experience as a teacher, preacher, you know, from Matthew, judge not lest you be judged to James and other places. So, so, so I want to speak to that pushback just a little bit. It's through the, our perceptive faculties and abilities that we discern and then we draw conclusions and then we act. And some of our actions are showing favoritism, speaking against, speaking out, uh, punishing, you know, any number of things kind of in the, in the judgment category. And what I would say is that we have not done enough work if we think that what we owe our neighbor is to judge them, is to you know, find them wanting in some capacity, um, we have not worked hard enough to understand what love is, okay? And so love is active. And generally speaking, you can say it, it moves towards the need of the neighbor, okay? Now, what we'll see in the back half of chapter two that, that really kind of dovetails with this, so James is writing all of, all of one cloth, uh, where somebody comes to you without clothes or food, and if one of you just says, go, be warm and filled, well, you haven't loved that person, right? You've recognized the need, you've discerned a need, but you haven't acted towards that need, okay? So love is active. It moves, kind of a, a shorthand way of saying, love moves towards meeting the need of the neighbor in front of you. And so sometimes the need of the neighbor that we can discern is food and shelter, right? So they're daily needs, okay? And we have ways of ministering at Greenwich to, to, to that, right? Sometimes what people need is support. So somebody's going through a difficult time. They, they just need somebody to sit with them. They need somebody to pray with them. They need not to be alone, particularly after uh, the death of a loved one 
over time, the house gets lonely. And so what folks need is support. Sometimes they just need a ride, right? You know, something like that. Sometimes what is needed in the neighbor is forbearance. Okay. Um, Think of the prodigal son, that parable Jesus tells, the patience of the father who does divide the inheritance, gives his youngest son half and, and sends him on his way. And he doesn't see him presumably for a very long time. But when the son comes at a distance, the father runs out to meet him. He's been looking, he's been waiting for his son all these, all these years. And so sometimes what the neighbor needs is not judgment, they need forbearance. Because if we're wise, we understand that we're vulnerable to whatever we have discerned in that person to be lacking. You know, they're falling short of God's standard in some way, and we've determined that. Of course, we've set ourselves up you know, to be the standard bearer, which itself is wrong. But what that person needs is forbearance. They need patience. They need, they need long waiting prayer to help draw that person back. And and they need someone to stay in relationship with them. Okay. So forbearance is sometimes the need more than judgment, more than cutting that person off. Sometimes what's needed is truth and grace. But truth and grace begins with listening well. So we don't just come, you know, guns blazing and forgive that image. You know, our, our, our spiritual guns blazing, you know, we've got our sword in hand, right? So we don't, we don't chop the person up with the, the sword of God, with the word of God. Sometimes what we need, truth and grace begins with listening. Listening well, helping to understand somebody may have made some choices and just a listening ear more than the, the scold or the scowl. Um, love always plays the long game, okay? It's, it's patient, it's, it, it lingers, it labors, it, it waits, it, 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 it stays in the game with the person. Parents know all about this with their children. And sometimes if the, if the person really has become your enemy in some ways, the, the scripture gives guidance. We are to love our enemies. If your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he is thirsty, giving something to drink. Uh, we have guidance both in the Old and New Testaments, uh, the Proverbs, and then it's picked up again in, I think it's the book of uh, Romans. And so the perceptive abilities are given that we might discern what state of need the person is in. If it's a physical need, you know, food, shelter, clothing, a ride, you know, whatever it is, let's do that. It may be a relational need that they have. Let us, Jesus went to the tax collectors and sinners, right? He didn't judge them. He went to them. He met them where they were. They had already been cut off by the religious authorities. They'd been shunned. And so he moved across that social barrier and he was willing to identify with them and be accused as being in league with them. We should do the same. And then sometimes the person really has gone astray and, and maybe even set themselves in some way as your enemy. And so it's forbearance, uh, it's patience, it's prayer, and sometimes it is the cup of cold water. But never is it judging people. Never is it showing favoritism. Never is it. So we just, you have to do more work. If, if judgment is too easy, that's the easy way out. Oh, I know all about that person. They're one of those kind, and I just cut them off. That's so lazy. 
that's that's too lazy. And God has not given us all these wonderful capacities to be lazy. And so sometimes we have to work harder to understand how can I love this person and not judge them? My tendency is to want to judge. Okay. So anyway, just a little extended reflection on yesterday. Um, just real quick. Um, if you show favoritism, you sin. You're convicted by the law's lawbreakers for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. And so basically, I think what James is saying, again, he's still echoing Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged. The, the, the measure that you give is the measure that will be returned back to you. If judgment's what you want to do, well then, if judgment's what you want, okay, you're going to get judged, okay? But not necessarily here, from the other person, though that likely happens. <laughs> There's going to be a judgment that comes from God, right? Because when you judge, you're now taking God's place on the throne. You're, you're uh, usurping the role and the authority and the prerogative of God alone. And God says, oh, that's the game you want to play, right? You want to play the judging game? Okay, well, let's do that. And then we're drawn into the dock, you know, we are, we're scrutinized, okay? So if judgment's what you want, well, that's what we're going to get, okay? And so again, there's always the application in this context of, of Matthew chapter 7. The fact that James lists murder and adultery, I think, is an intentional allusion to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus taught, you have heard it said, you know, not to commit murder. But I say, if you're angry in your heart, you've committed murder already. If you say, you fool, <laughs> you know, that's the spirit of murder. Um, I, I, uh, you've heard it said, uh, you know, not to commit adultery. I say, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery. So, so James lifting these two out brings us back to the Sermon on the Mount, right? It's the spirit of the law that matters, Okay. And so things happen uh, in, internally. And James reminds us, whoever stumbles at one point of the law is guilty of breaking the law, all of the law. And so, yeah, you don't embezzle, you know, um, you don't commit fraud, you haven't murdered anybody, you know, you are a law-abiding citizen yeah, buddy, you know, if you drive too fast and the cop pulls you over, even if you drive too fast and the cop doesn't pull you over, you're still breaking the law, okay? And, and so James points out just this basic fact that we can be righteous in so many areas, but it's the comprehensive reality. God created us to live uprightly, to live in complete, full obedience to the law. And we fall short. We may not fall short in this area, in this area, in this area, in this area. We might be upstanding citizens and, and Christian disciples in so many areas. Uh, but, but over here, you know, uh, this Southern Baptist uh, report, investigation report of the sexual abuse by many pastors and that was covered up by the leadership once again we see so these 
these guys were probably great preachers and missionaries and all kinds of stuff that did great works in the name of Jesus. But they had a secret life, a hidden life. And, and, and now it's come to light, right? And so once you show favoritism, you are guilty, right? Um, you're guilty. Once, once you judge another person, once you discriminate and say, this person, I'm going to love this person. This person, I got no, I got no time for you. Get, get out of here. Get out of my way, you know. Once you do that, you're guilty. doesn't matter how upstanding and how righteous you may be in so many different areas. If you stumble in one area, James says, you're guilty as a lawbreaker. So if judgment you want, okay, let's go. <laughs> None of, none of our lives could stand up to that scrutiny, of course. Every day we fall short. Every day we act. You know, we sin in our hearts. We sin with our tongues. We sin with our lives. And so we're going to talk about this tomorrow, about mercy, right? Mercy triumphs over judgment. God is about mercy. Jesus is about mercy. So we should be uh, about mercy. And so I think there's something here that's, that's kind of, he doesn't say it explicitly, but as I've been reflecting on this, there's a tendency that we have in the human family, and I invite you to consider this for yourself, cultivate a health, healthy distrust of yourself. We have a tendency towards double standards that we'll judge somebody else on something, we'll impugn their motives, we'll assume we know all about why they did what they did or what they're even doing because we just only see a part of their life. But when it comes to us and somebody says, well, why'd you do that? Oh, well, here's my reasons why. We excuse ourselves for behavior that we hold others accountable for. So there's, we, we live with these double standards. And the, the Pharisees were, were noted for that, right? They were masters at it. Um, we have a tendency towards self-deception. We, you know, we all have blinders. So, you know, when you're learning to drive, you know, they talk about trying to, you got to make sure you check that blind spot, right? Well, we all have blind spots. We can't see ourselves. We think we know ourselves. We think we know our motives. We think we know why we've done what we've done or why we've not done something we didn't do. And so we, you know, kind of excuse ourselves. But these blind spots, we, we have a capacity for self-deception. We think we can fully perceive our own motives and behavior. We think we fully understand and we justify and rationalize our actions, not recognizing that we're engaging in deception, that we've deceived ourselves. And, and James writes about that. Don't look in the mirror and then walk away and so deceive yourself that you understand. The, oh, oh yeah, I read, I, had my, I read my Bible today. I went to church. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm all set. And then walk out and immediately have forgotten that you are a sinner in need of God's grace. That there's mud on your face over here and a little, you know, little, you know, dab of ketchup on your lips still. And so self-deception, we have the capacity for that. And then kind of bundled in there is the hypocrisy. That we will say one thing and do another. Um, that we will play a game, you know, the hypocrite is the actor. So the, 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 the Pharisees were playing to the crowd. They did things to be seen by men. And we do that as well. All of us, you know, sometimes we go to church to be seen in church. Sometimes we drop money in the offering plate, though we don't pass the offering plate anymore at Greenwich. 
Um, but sometimes, you know, we will do things so that others will see us doing things. So let's just admit it, right? And so I think what I'm suggesting is rather than let's not get into the judgment game. Let's acknowledge, hey, God, I do have double standards. I, I do. I know I've deceived myself. Lord, show me where I've, I'm operating in self-deception. Lord, I know that I'm, a, I'm playing the game. Uh, I'm a hypocrite in so many areas. In your grace, show me so I can move away from those, uh, th- those things. But it begins most, what James is mostly concerned about is our relationship, our attitudes, our actions towards other people. And he says, don't do it because if you do that, you find yourself vulnerable to judgment uh, yourself. So so let's close there. Uh, We'll pick up with these last couple verses about mercy. And I think it's, uh, it's really important that we end, end, end this little section there. Father, thank you. Thank you for this new day, this opportunity to hear your word again. Help us to be doers of your word, not just hearers only. And so as we uh, reflect and wrestle with uh, this challenging word from James, we acknowledge that we are guilty of breaking all your law because we've broken it in some place. And so help us to engage our world today and to use all the capacities and abilities and faculties you've given that we might love the neighbor and to do the hard work of discerning how best to love. We pray this in the name of the one who loved us first, even Jesus our Lord, as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God's peace and grace and truth and love abide with you this day and forevermore. Amen.